I know that it's a, it's a praise party and we're also talking to the fathers, but we're also talking to the youth. And I preached this morning a little bit on, on David. And David, of course, you know, he was a youth, amen? And so this is pertinent to all of the young people that we have here. How many young people do we have here? Ron, your hand should be up as well. All right. I'm, I'm young. I'm young. Praise God. Sister Nell is youth as well. And so I do believe that... Um, this word is for everybody, not just for, for fathers, but for the young people here today. And you know, there's a huge take-home. When we look at the life of David, we can see that he was a remarkable young man. I mean, you have to be. If you're a young boy, a shepherd boy, and there is an 11-foot giant, I mean, and you are not intimidated by this giant, I mean, it says something for the young person that he was. And so, uh, Pastor Quanda, how about, how about that? Wasn't that awesome? Let's give those guys a round. Where is Pastor Quanda there? And everybody that gave us a sobering reminder of what happened in the history of this land in 1976. But thank God, how many of you are grateful that God has changed the situation right here in this country, amen, that there was people that were able to shine light in a dark place, and we thank God for all of those that actually gave their hearts and their lives for that cause. But is there not a cause? When we look at this verse, and I want you quickly to get up uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I think we began in verse 20. I'm going to read very quickly, and I want you to hear very quickly, all right? Can you listen very quickly? All right, you can. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, that speaks about him being responsible, and took the things and went as Jesse, who was his father, had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. How many of you know that there is a fight taking place, not with your next door neighbor and the boss that you work for, or even your outlaws, I mean your in-laws. Thank God I have a great relationship with my in-law, but there is a fight taking place between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Verse 22, and David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper. For a young boy, he was pretty responsible. How many of you would say amen? And he ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers who were all older than him. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. And so David heard them. A young boy heard them. And all the men, all the grown-ups, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid, but not David. And so the men of Israel said, have you seen this dude who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches. Somebody say, great riches. Say it like you have a bit of faith tonight. Great riches will give him his daughter. In other words, you're going to marry into royalty and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. In other words, no more SARS. Amen. And then David spoke uh, and said to the men, what shall be done? What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy my God and the armies of the living God? Verse 27, the people answered him in this manner, saying, Show, so it shall be done for the man who kills him. 
And now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. He said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep? And now let me tell you, there wasn't a few sheep that David was looking after, but those few sheep in the wilderness, I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. And David says, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Bump your neighbor and say, is there not a cause? Now, this morning I shared some things, and I want to quickly just go over these things and get to the point that I want to speak to you about tonight. But this morning I said, slide number one, I said that mankind was created with the need for a cause. Everyone, humanity needs a cause, a cause to believe in, a cause to live for, a cause to die, and a cause that is greater than ourselves. And then my second slide was that when you look at the first created man, Adam was born with a God-ordained cause. Hallelujah. There's such a thing as a man-made cause, but I want to talk a little bit about a God-ordained cause. And then I said that God has given every one of us a cause that is greater than ourselves. Would you look at somebody and tell them, God has placed on the inside of you a cause that is greater than you. Hallelujah. Amen. And then I said, we're going to talk a little bit about a God-ordained cause. And the first thing that I said about a God-ordained cause is that it will always present itself with opportunities. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. If you have that heaven-sent, God-approved, God-sanctioned cause on the inside of you, let me tell you, even when you cannot see anything, and even when the economy is at its lowest, and crime is at its highest, and unemployment is at its highest, with a God-ordained cause, there will always be an opportunity. Can you say amen? And there were three opportunities that presented to this young boy, David. Number one, he had the opportunity to serve. His father said, I want you to go there. I want you to bring some uh, flour. I want you to bring 10 kinds of cheeses. Could have been gorgonzola, I don't know, mozzarella, feta, emmental, uh, uh, I don't, uh, camembert, I don't know what other cheese. But he was there. I want you to go, and I need you to go. Serve your brothers, and I need you to assess the situation. And then I need you to come back and tell me how they fare. Hallelujah. How many of you know that God has sent us with an errand into this world to help this world? Can you say Amen. You are the hope of Durban. You are, and I are the hope of South Africa. Can you say amen? We are a light shining in a dark place. The second thing that I said was that David had also the opportunity to demonstrate the awesomeness of God. Hallelujah. Come on. We know that Elijah, when he called down fire, and all the other prophets of Baal couldn't call down fire. But when he called down the fire, God sent the fire, ignited that sacrifice, and everybody knew that there was a God who answered with fire. Elijah demonstrated the awesomeness of God. You can look at Elisha. You can look at Samson. You can look at Solomon. I mean, if you think about Solomon, he was used by God to demonstrate the wisdom, the glory, and the splendor of God. But when the queen of Egypt came, or the queen of Sheba, came to visit Solomon, she thought she was coming to bless Solomon. Meantime, when she left, she left with double, if not 
quadruple the amount of things that she brought to Solomon. And she said, Solomon, I heard about your glory. I heard about your wisdom. I heard about what God was doing. But you know what? Half of it wasn't even told me. Solomon had the chance to demonstrate the awesomeness of God. You and I, hallelujah, have the privilege, we have the privilege, the opportunity of demonstrating the awesomeness of God. Can you say amen? The third thing that I shared this morning is that David had the opportunity to succeed. Hallelujah. I thought I'd get a bit of a, an enthusiastic amen right there. You see, a lot of people, believers, even think that, you know what, Jesus died a death on the cross, and, and I don't know, I'm going to make it, maybe, I don't know, you know. But there was too much, too high a price that was shed on the cross for you and I to live a mediocre, average life. Look at your neighbor and tell the neighbor, God wants you to succeed in this life. Come on. Doesn't matter what it is that God has called you to do. If He's called you to, to be an accountant, be the best accountant. If He's called you to be a doctor, be the best doctor. If He's called you to be a CEO of a company, be the best CEO of your company. Bump your neighbor and say, Neighbor, I think He's talking to you. God wants you to succeed. Can you say amen? By the way, if you're looking for the sermon, it is on the church app. That's an outline that you can have, and it is yours. Number two, all right, I didn't share this this morning, but let me say number two, a God-ordained cause will always attract rewards. Hallelujah. Come on. This is what David said. David said, what will be done for the man who takes care of this uncircumcised Philistine? And they said, you know what? Whoever kills this man, the king... The king, the king will enrich him. I mean, we're talking about the most, well, it, it, it would be like, 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 who, who's the Bezos, the guy from, who's it, what does he own? George Bezos or somebody? I don't know, one of these rich guys. Bill Gates, who's the, who's the Bezos guy? Huh? Jeff, what does he own? Amazon, that's right. Is it Bezos? What is his name? Bezo, okay, same thing, all right? <laughs> Bezo, whatever. It would be like one of these guys saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you, amen? I mean, we're talking about a lot of money. And then to marry my daughter, that means you're going to marry into royalty, hallelujah, and then to have no taxes for you and your father's house. We're talking about blessing, hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. And so when you look at this, there's simply nothing that can, bring, that can bring the degree of reward and the blessing and the fulfillment like when you're involved in a cause that has been backed by God and approved by God. And let me tell you, when God rewards, it is not like man. Now, God might use a man. He might use a donkey. He might use a raven to fly and feed you. But all of these are simply vessels through which God allows the reward and blessing to flow. The reward, the source of the, of the reward is not man, it is God. The source of the reward is God. But when man rewards you, how many of you know, there is always an unfavorable condition attached to that reward, and it's always limited. In other words, when, so, when, some, when your reward comes from man, there is always a hidden agenda. There's always strings that are attached. There's always a catch here. There's always a twist here and there. Can you say amen? 
And that's because of our fallen natures. And the fact is that man is a self-centered person, all right? And then when man rewards, there's only so much that Bezo or Bezo can give you. Huh? There's, oh, I mean, he's got a lot of money, but there's, oh, there comes a limit when he can say, I can't, there, there's, that's it, I can't do anymore. But God's reward, God's reward is a conditional reward, but always in your favor. He always has the best in mind for you. He rewards you for your favor, for your benefit, and for your advantage. Can you say amen? And the first place when God rewards you and His blessing comes is it always hits you in your spirit person. Because you are a spirit and God is a spirit. And He wants to bless the, the intimacy that He has with you. He wants to bless the fellowship that He has with you. And then He'll bless you in the Word. He'll bless you in worship. He'll bless you as you come to church. Hallelujah. And then that blessing won't just stop in the spirit, but it'll go into your soul, into the area of your mind and your emotions and every part of you. And he'll bless you in your body. He'll bless you in your marriage. He'll bless you even in your finances. Can you say amen? And the thing about God and God rewarding you is that his blessing, his rewards are never limited. That's why this year we're declaring limitless 2019. Can you say amen? So here's this thing. Even though God's rewards are favorably conditional, they are limitless. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? Number three, a God-ordained cause, even though we saw that it brings many opportunities and there's phenomenal rewards. Number three, the third thing is that a God-ordained cause will bring persecution and criticism. But that's okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know that the Bible says when Eliab saw him, that the anger was aroused in Eliab. And he said, why have you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. The Bible says that the three oldest sons of Jesse were actually there at the battle. Verse 13 tells us. But if you track back a little bit, you remember that there was a time when the prophet Samuel went to the house of Jesse. And God said, I need you to go and anoint the next king of Israel. And it's one of the sons of Jesse. And all seven of those seven sons stood before the prophet. And every one of them, God said, no, not him. No, not him. No, not him. Until the seventh one. And they said, well, is there, are there any more sons? Well, he's actually a half son. He's an illegitimate brother. But he's, you know what? He's looking after the sheep. And Samuel said, I need you to bring him. And they brought the youngest of the lot. And when he stood before them, right there, Samuel anointed him as the king of Israel. Can you imagine the jealousy? Can you imagine the hatred? You know, it's quite an amazing thing when you think about this because there, there are people that, are, that embark on man-made agendas and man-made causes and nobody will even bother them. As a matter of fact, they'll get all the support, they'll get all the kindness and, and, and the more absurd, the more unrighteous, the more they'll be liked and supported. And it's really like what the Bible says. We are living in a day and age where right is wrong and wrong is right. Can I get an amen? But just dare you take on something that has the fragrance of God in it, and boy, all hell breaks loose. And it's amazing how the devil knows the difference. 
The devil knows that if a cause carries an anointing on it and the scent of God, that it has the power to touch and change the lives of people. We are in the business of changing lives of people. Can I get an amen? Not only that, but it has the power, if it's a God-ordained cause that carries the hand of God and the anointing of God, it has the power to go down to the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth generation. In other words, the devil knows when there is a cause that carries on it eternal significance. Can you say amen? And I've come to learn that not everybody will celebrate your God-ordained cause especially when it comes to believers. Overcoming persecution and criticism will prepare you for the greater that God has. Hallelujah. And so I, I think it's important that you must know that there are those that will criticize you and they will point a finger at you and blame you, but that's not to discourage you. That's to make you more determined and purposed that you will accomplish and fulfill that mandate that God has placed upon your life. Can you say amen? That's the reason why you have to know with absolute certainty in your heart what it is that God told you to do. And when you know that in your spirit, in your heart of hearts, nobody can touch you. Hallelujah. And you have to take what God has spoken to you. You have to conceive that idea in your spirit and spend time in fellowship with God, internalizing that thing in your spirit until what God has deposited in you becomes a part of you. And, and people won't be able to tell the difference. Is that you or is that God? It looks like it's the same thing because you have internalized what God has placed on the inside of you. God told Moses to deliver the people out of Egypt. But then he spoke to Joshua and said, Now, my boy, I need you to put your big boy shoes on, and I need you to take these people across the Jordan and into the land that flows with milk and honey. And when you read chapter 1 of Joshua, you see that, that this is the word that comes to Joshua. And God says, you know, Sir Moses, the servant of the Lord, is now dead, and I need you to arise. In verse 2, he says, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. He said, every place upon which your foot shall tread, I am giving to you and the children of Israel. And then he said in verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with your mentor, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. So it don't matter if people persecute you, if they call you names, if they're unkind to you, as long as you know that you have a word from God, that it is God that has spoken this thing, and that I am pregnant with a God-ordained cause, no man will be able to stand with you, because of God before you, who can be against you? Can you say amen? Number four, and this is my last point, a God-ordained cause will always require faith. If you don't need faith, you don't need God. If it's about how strong you are, or how skilled you are, or how connected you are in this world, then what do you need God for? Come on now. Look at verse 37. David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Now you have to... Understand that this Goliath was an 11-foot giant who was trained in MMA. 
He was the number one reigning champion of MMA. I mean, he was the king of jiu-jitsu, taimoi, Greco-Roman grappling, whatever, whatever other stuff there's involved there. I mean, this guy was like a heavy, a heavy dude in terms of fighting combat skills. And here's a young, a young boy, a shepherd boy. But you see, on the hills of Jerusalem, while he was watching after his sheep, David cultivated a heart for God. He began to understand as God. It was on those hills that he became intimate with God. And when that land came, it wasn't David, it was God in David that slew the lion. And when that bear came, it wasn't David, it was the covenant that David had with God, and God slew that bear. And when he stood in front of that Goliath, it was no different to him, the lion and the bear was the same thing. And when he ran, he ran towards Goliath. I mean, I want you to think about this, a young boy running towards the superhero, this super combat warrior. But you see, it required faith, and he had a covenant with God. David knew that this would be the fight of the ages. Hallelujah. Come on. Listen, when we started to build this dome, <laughs> what, was, what was like seemed to be like just a, just a normal project became for us a fight of faith for the ages. But it's not by our power, nor by our might, but by, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? I want you to lift your hands and say, I am a faith person that has a faith covenant with a faith God. And what I've learned my last slide is this, the best way to trigger your faith, the best way to activate your faith is to vocalize your faith. Hallelujah. As David was running towards Goliath, he said, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I might be a boy and I might be a shepherd boy, but I know my God, I'm a worshiper. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. And this day, I want to prophesy to you, Goliath. I want to tell you what God in me is going to do to you. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth, hallelujah, may know that there is a God in Israel. David spoke his faith to this giant. And Goliath heard David verbalize and vocalize his faith. David didn't just meditate on the word and pray over the word. There comes a time when you have to put meditation aside and praying aside. And you have to create a sound of faith that comes out of your mouth. And out of that sound, he was able to slay Goliath. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a praise offering tonight.